1: That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500
2: This episode is brought to you by Huggies Little Movers. Huggies knows that babies come in all shapes and sizes, and your tushies do too. No matter what kind of butt you've got, you'll feel comfy while your baby's mushy little tushy wiggles and jiggles all around. Get your baby butt in the best-fitting diaper. Huggies Little Movers. We got you, baby. With intensive care units in New York City overwhelmed today, the U.S. Navy sailed the hospital ship Comfort into New York Harbor. And tonight, that state's governor is issuing a nationwide call to doctors and nurses to join what he calls the front lines of the war on the crisis. And with the U.S. still several weeks away from the peak of infections, he warned New York is a canary in the coal mine. And as we come on the air, there are already more than 160,000 confirmed cases here in the U.S., more than 2900 have died there is also some movement tonight when it comes to testing abbott labs says next week it will roll out a diagnostic test with results in five minutes also virginia maryland arizona and tennessee issued new stay-at-home orders today joining 28 other states That means three out of every four Americans have now been told not to go out. And all of that is leading to a sobering assessment from the Federal Reserve in St. Louis that as many as 47 million Americans could be laid off in the coming months. There's a lot of headlines to get to tonight with our correspondents. And Mola Lange leads us off tonight from Central Park. Mola?
0: Well, Nora, there have been nearly 100 coronavirus deaths in New York City in just a seven-hour period. Perhaps that best illustrates just how dire this situation is, enough so that the city has put up four makeshift uh, hospitals, these pop-up hospitals, field hospitals, including this one right here in Central Park. About a dozen of these tents designed to give some much-needed relief to hospitals across the city. Help floated into New York Harbor today. The U.S. naval ship Comfort, with its 1,000 beds, will treat non-COVID-19 patients to free up much-needed hospital beds in the city. Crowds disregarded social distancing guidelines to get a rare look. Another unprecedented site, this 68-bed field hospital, right in Manhattan's Central Park. The faith-based nonprofit Samaritan's Purse set up the coronavirus patient facility. How desperately is this needed? So we're being told it's, it's significantly
3: needed, especially to offload hospitals in Brooklyn and where they're really struggling.
0: Nursing team leader Tim Mosher says the field hospital has 10 ventilators in their makeshift ICU. Our goal will be to get them off of the ventilator and uh, move them on out of the hospital. Video appears to show a gruesome sight, bodies being put into refrigerated trucks that serve as makeshift morgues. The city's medical supplies running out and intensive care units running low
4: working in a war zone with limited resources.
0: Brookdale University Medical Center emergency room doctor, Arabia Millett, says she took this video of the Brooklyn Hospital's pediatric ER. It's been turned into a makeshift isolation room using plastic tape from the ceiling to the floor to help protect nurses and doctors from COVID-19.
4: So we're fighting for your lives but we also fight fighting for our lives too we are also scared
0: tonight across the country nursing homes are in crisis at lakeland nursing home there health officials say eight people have died from coronavirus at least nine have died at the family of care nursing home in montclair including alex handy's mother lona Irwin.
5: the fact that she passed away I can accept that, but the fact that I didn't get to say goodbye is still what's eating me up inside.
0: First responders are also being dealt a blow. The NYPD says nearly 900 are in quarantine with infections, and the fire department saw its first COVID-19 death. Today, workers at Amazon's Staten Island warehouse walked out, demanding the facility be shut down and cleaned after a worker tested positive. Amazon says they've taken extreme measures to keep workers safe.
6: We believe in laying hands on the sick, and they shall recover.
0: And there's this. Pastor Howard Brown was arrested today after he held services at his Tampa Bay Bay church. Brown is accused of reckless disregard for human life. The
1: safety and well-being of our community must always come first.
0: Well, you have to go all the way back to the Civil War for the last time that Central Park was used for makeshift hospitals. Just a surreal sight out here, and they will begin taking patients as early as tomorrow. Meanwhile, across the country, officials in Los Angeles County are investigating coronavirus cases at 18 nursing homes. More than half of those facilities have three or more confirmed cases, Nora.
2: Mola there in Central Park. Surreal to see that. Thank you, Mola. And tonight we wanted to share with you this video. It is just coming in, take a look. Long lines of cars waiting to receive food in Pennsylvania. The Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank is giving out meals to about 1,700 families. Also late this afternoon, the president with an update about tests. One million of them have been administered, but there are still questions tonight about the government response and the distribution of supplies. Paula Reed is at the White House, Paula. State leaders told President Trump today
5: they are still having trouble getting in supplies, not just in the hardest hit areas, but also in rural states trying to stay ahead of the virus. CBS News has learned that the nation's governors used a video conference call with the president today to sound the alarm about the need for more medical supplies, including test kits. But the president touted the number of tests taken so far.
7: Today we reached a historic milestone in our war against the coronavirus. Over one million Americans have now been tested.
5: The president has had an ongoing public dispute over the medical supplies issue with New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, most recently implying that thousands of surgical masks were being stolen by the state's health care workers.
1: Where are the masks going? Are they going out the back door?
5: Governor Cuomo was asked about that accusation today.
6: Uh, But I don't know what he's trying to say by inference.
5: A severe shortage of ventilators also continues to be an issue in the hardest hit states.
3: We need more ventilators, and I will continue to say these four words in every phone call I have with the president.
5: More basic medical supplies like masks and surgical gowns are also running low, endangering the lives of health care workers on the front lines.
7: We are making gowns last an entire day and we're making masks last
1: hopefully five days.
5: Some distributors of medical supplies say they have shipments ready to go, but the Trump administration and specifically FEMA have yet to provide guidance on where to send those goods.
7: So we've been working with FEMA for about a week or so now to try to get the um, allocation instructions that we think we would benefit from. We're expecting news from them in the next 24 to 48 hours on that guidance.
5: More than 14,000 members of the National Guard have been activated, and tonight the president said they may be
2: able to help distribute some of those supplies. Nora. All right, Paula, thank you. And on this National Doctors' Day, there are urgent calls for help from doctors and nurses who are risking their lives while treating patients. Jonathan Vigliotti now with an inside look at the battle you'll only see here, video diaries from the front lines of the crisis.
3: The endless echo of sirens, a grim alarm for the state of our nation's hospitals.
2: People need to
4: believe that this is happening.
3: From Illinois and to Arizona. Amazing. We are in a crisis state. We desperately need help. Worst hit, New York. It's a war without bullets. Joaquin Morante is an ICU doctor at Jacoby Medical Center in the Bronx, where
1: six people died overnight. Being covered in COVID is... It's walking into the hospital and feeling like every part of the hospital is a dirty zone. Covered
3: in COVID, without enough protection to stay healthy, all 24 of Jacoby's ICU beds are full. Healthcare workers in New York protested the lack of protection. Dr. Marante is forced to wash his gear at home.
5: I'm standing outside. We're
3: gonna Dr. Go Rupa Maria with UC San Francisco Medical Center shows us the calm before the surge.
5: Here's our check-in team.
3: Her hospital's entire supply of protective equipment, enough for just one week, we is stored here. So we actually have them in these file cabinets. You have doctors there who are writing their wills and nurses who are afraid of dying. Yes. Afraid of dying, but even more worried about bringing COVID home.
6: There's, there's no way that we're winning.
3: And while doctors and nurses are being hailed as heroes, I could tell you many of them feel like they have been abandoned. Case in point, the federal government sent 170 ventilators here to Los Angeles over the weekend. They arrived broken, Nora. There is now a rush to get them fixed. Nora.
2: Jonathan, thank you. Joining us now is Reverend Tim Cole, the leader of the Historic Christ Church in Georgetown. He was the first person in Washington, D.C. to test positive for the coronavirus. First, Father Tim, it's so good to see you. How are you feeling?
6: Thank you. Uh, a little stronger each day. And uh, I think uh, I've got a little bit of a road to physical recovery. But in my mind, and my heart, my soul, I'm 100 times better than I was a few days ago when I was in hospital.
2: (laughs) I know you spent three weeks in the hospital. Tell us about your fight against the virus. It
6: was a sort of sudden uh, surprise, of course, to be diagnosed and uh, a bit of a shock and a little bit frightening. I was greatly supported by uh, wonderful people from here, from Christchurch, and people indeed praying for me for all over the world, so I, I never felt alone. What was the fight
2: like physically against coronavirus?
6: There are times when you can't do anything very much at all because the doctors and nurses, wonderful as they are, they don't really have anything to treat this with. They just have to wait and watch with you.
2: What would you like to say to the nurses and doctors who treated you?
6: They were absolutely wonderful. I I would never recognize them in the street, I'm afraid, because they were always uh, covered in masks and things. My real sincere Gratitude goes to the staff of um, Georgetown MedStar.
2: What can people use in terms of their faith in order to get through these very difficult times?
6: The main thing is the people that are around you, that you're not standing there alone. Of course, um, I've been through many things in my life and God has always seen me through to the dawning of the new day. So I have every expectation that he will do the same with this.
2: Father Tim, thank you for speaking with us. I'm glad you're feeling better, and I hope you and your congregation are united soon.
6: All right, you're very kind. God bless you, thank you.
2: And today, Macy said it will furlough a majority of its 130,000 person workforce. We also learned the restaurant industry lost an estimated $25 billion in sales in the first three weeks of March. More than three million jobs were lost. It is a devastating blow to an industry where many survive paycheck to paycheck. Adriana Diaz reports.
4: This delivery man in Terrytown, New York is none other than a top chef. Dale Taldi! Dale Taldi had to lay off 44 employees at his restaurant, Goose Feather, and is barely surviving on takeout and deliveries. So when he got a 50% tip, it was overwhelming.
7: You know, you have like five people. <laughs> Left in the restaurant, it's like I you, know, you just we're just doing our best to uh, you know keep. The, they have families to feed, they have mortgages to pay.
4: Five to seven million people could lose their jobs in the coming months, and server Emily Tucker already has. We found her lining up for free food in Houston. If this
5: keeps going on for months and longer, uh, I guess start looking at another career, but you know this has been my whole life. So. Um, I
4: don't want to. (laughs) A slice of the $2 trillion stimulus package is being served to restaurants. The government's now offering restaurants loans with interest to cover two and a half months of payroll and tax breaks. Delfina Cardona has owned Cardona's in Chicago for 18 years. She laid off 10 of her 12 employees. I feel like I want to help them, but I don't have enough money to help them. I feel like this is a nightmare. She doesn't think the stimulus will be enough. So every day she works her own grill and every night she prays for her employees. Adriana Diaz, CBS News, Chicago.
2: With all that pain tonight, we wanted to take a closer look at South Korea because it is considered the gold standard. The rate of new cases there peaked late last month and are still under 10,000. Fewer than 160 people have died. Tonight, Rami Innocencio reports on how South Korea slowed the spread.
7: In South Korea's war against the coronavirus, there's been no shortage of personal protective gear. And just 121 healthcare care workers have fallen sick in the whole country versus more than 200 in Boston alone. For patients, there's been a bed and ventilator for everyone. Test, trace, treat has been South Korea's mantra. The MERS outbreak of 2015 gave them some experience with, you know, how things can go wrong. Dr. Jerome Kim says that past epidemic guided future planning, allowing for tracing and identification. The system for letting people know that they might have been exposed, which is really remarkable. I mean, if you've been to the supermarket, you know, between 10 and 10.15 on the following date, you might have been exposed. Anyone quarantined must download an app that tracks their movement. Fines for violations run as high as $2,500. The strategy has worked. South Korea and the U.S. reported their first coronavirus cases the same day in January. More than six weeks later, South Korea tested 137,000 people, while the U.S. had tested nearly 1,000. A week later, the U.S. Had tested 10,000, South Korea 235,000. With New York City now the U.S. epicenter, Kim says it's still not too late for the United States to follow South Korea's lead. Decisiveness, transparency, clarity of messages and, and testing and you know isolation made the response better. Ramey Innocencio, CBS News, Tokyo.
2: Tonight, a major cleanup is underway in Jonesboro, Arkansas. The city was hit by a tornado Saturday with winds up to 140 miles per hour. It carved a 12-mile path of destruction. And it destroyed the home of Dr. Jared Burks days after his wife posted this photo of the doctor social distancing from his family through a glass door as his one-year-old son crawled for the first time. The family was not injured by the tornado. And while schools are closed, a high school principal in Traverse City, Michigan, is getting high marks for going the extra mile to honor a special student. i got you on camera because I want to announce something to you today. Okay. You are GTA's 2020 class valedictorian. I am. You are. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Well, the principal pulled up to a drive through window to tell Caitlin Watson in person that she's graduating at the top of her class, an A-plus to both. Today at CBS News, we are overwhelmed with grief at the loss of our beloved friend and colleague, Maria Mercator, a victim of COVID-19's deadly reach. An award-winning journalist, Maria worked on some of the biggest stories of our time, including 9-11 and the visit of Pope Francis to the United States. Tireless on the job, Maria was also kind and selfless in every sense turning each conversation towards you, asking you about your family's health and well-being. This, as she battled health issues of her own, beating cancer. Maria danced her way into our hearts, fitting for a lover of music and ballet. She was a fighter, but also a friend, mentor, listener, and cheerleader. She saw CBS News as her family, and everyone here saw her as their angel. She leaves an emptiness in her newsroom where she shared three decades of her own life as a woman dedicated to journalism, to excellence, to making us all better than we thought we could be. Our condolences go out to her father, Manuel, brother, Manny, sister-in-law, Serena, and all of those whose lives she touched. Maria was 54 years old. Our condolences go out to her father, Manuel, brother Manny, sister-in-law, Serena, and all of those whose lives she touched. We're gonna miss you, Maria.
1: The Hargan women seem to have it all.
2: From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing.
1: But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household.
2: Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen, no one's answering.
1: I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.
2: Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast